Welcome, Dreamers, to the first Open Dreams Patreon bonus episode. This week, it's just me. And we had a quick change of plans, so in a few weeks we'll be talking about the legacy of Haunted Mansion as a Disney attraction. But after our first episode, so many of you had a lot of really great things to say on social media about what attractions you would love to see get blockbuster treatment. So, today, I'm going to go through the top five attractions that you all voted for, and would like to see on the silver screen. Now, of course, everyone's favorite will not make this list, but don't fear, dreamers. This won't be our last Disney Parks What If. Now first, this episode I decided to make free for everybody to just give you an idea of what some of the things we're going to be doing on our Patreon episodes. Some are going to be a little more serious, a little more academic. Um, some are going to have guests from Broadway stars talking about their experience in Disney theatrics shows, um, cast members answering your questions online. The Patreon episodes are just going to be kind of a mixed bag and hopefully just a lot of fun. Now, I'm doing the Patreon because I believe in supporting artists. And right now, it's just me making the show, and I love that. But I would love to bring in people who are better at what they do than what I can do. So the Patreon's point is to bring in sound editors and mixers, get us a nicer microphone. I know you all probably don't love our sound quality. I don't love our sound quality but it's a start. I want to bring in researchers and writers. I want to make this show as big and as informed and just professional as possible. And so by you pledging on our Patreon, it's going to help us out. Also, it's how I'll be able to get our store going. So we have a couple different levels. The first is the Magic Maker, and it's just $2, and it's just to help us out. There's no rewards for it, but it really just kind of shows your love for the podcast and uh, love for what I want to do. There's a $5, which is, you know, it's $5. It gets you two bonus episodes a month. It gets you a discount anytime that we have the store open, and I'm hoping that we can get the store open soon, probably once every quarter. We'll have a fun, limited amount of merchandise, and so once it's gone, it's gone. And then for $10 a month, you'll get bonus content, uh, you'll get a free sticker pack. You will get a discount at our store. You will also get the early access code so you can get in before anybody else can. And again, the goal of the Patreon is not so that I can make money off the show. I want to get money so that I can pay other artists and we can make something big and magical like Walt did. Number five is a lifelong fan favorite of both American Disney parks. And while I feel this one would be a sensational Disney Plus series, you all wanted to see it as a movie. It's a small world. Arguably one of the most well-known Disney attractions to have ever opened, this water-based boat attraction takes the writers through a whimsical trip around the globe with over 300 high-kicking child-sized audio animatronics that originally marveled visitors at the 1964 World's Fair in New York. According to Time Magazine, It's a Small World by the Sherman Brothers is the most publicly performed song of all time. Now, a lot of you sick, sick people demanded a horror film, something spooky and devious and dark. And while for many years this attraction has existed as the stuff of nightmares, for myself included and a lot of other people... I think, in true Disney fashion, we should approach this in a more Disney way. Now, 
As you all will come to know later, there was a time that Disney did delve into horror and suspense. And while it didn't work out for them, I think it was a really cool thing that the company did. Now, a film could be fun and vibrant and interesting. And I will keep saying that I think a Sesame Street or Carmen Sandiego style children's series might be the smartest way to go. But a film like Connection about culture and family could ultimately be really, really, really heartwarming. And though I do keep coming back to the idea of a suspense and horror film and what that would mean for Disney again and maybe setting up some new things, I don't know if it's uh, great, but I know you guys want it. And in the hit young adult book series Kingdom Keepers, which you all should pick up if you haven't, uh, the main characters investigate a clue in the It's a Small World ride. And the dolls all come to life, and they literally attack the protagonist until they smile back at them with the same creepy, vacant smiles that the kids do, and they stop attacking them. Yeah. Kingdom Keepers is kind of a wild ride. You all should give it a read if you haven't. Now, I'm still not sure this is the best way to do this, but I think anyway, a small world, you know, attraction turned movie or TV show could be really, really fun. Don't forget to follow us on social media so that anytime we ask you all questions, do surveys like this, you all can be in on the conversation too. You can also follow us over at dolewhipanddreamspod.com where we post everything to our blog. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, number four is Space Mountain. And I'm not surprised that this uh, attraction is on the list. The indoor space-themed coaster exists in five of the six Disneyland-style parks, and it is a definite fan favorite. Now... Uh, space is not a new subject for a Disney film, and it leaves kind of a broad scape for adventure, but also for misadventure. So I looked around, I looked at the different versions, and I want to focus on one particular incarnation of Space Mountain to kind of help sculpt this film. In 1995, when Euro Disneyland opened, the typical Tomorrowland from the American parks was absent. And in its place was Discoveryland, based around the works of Jules Verne with a delightful steampunk aesthetic. Now, this concept came from an abandoned land originally set for Disneyland in California. For those who may not know, it was based around From the Earth to the Moon by Jules Verne, which was also a silent film of the same name. Now, this would also be the first version of the mountain that would have a launch as well as an inversion. Now, picture it. Our film opens up in a sepia and gold tone, once upon an island nation that was started by Jules Verne himself. And everything that is present in this land is present here. Nemo, the Nautilus, Space Mountain. And the mountain is where like Verne himself has resided, but he's a hermit. And nobody's seen him for some time, so there's always conversation about you know, what's happening to Discovery Land and this island that they all live on. And it becomes somewhat of a goal for our heroes to get in and meet him. But when they do, their entire world is turned upside down and they're launched on a journey to find him by traveling through space and time and hopefully return in time before their home is destroyed. I know, it's kind of open, broad, a little Doctor Who-ish. But now this isn't specifically about the ride and only the ride, but Disney films, at least the successful ones, are about building a rich and vibrant world for characters to live in and feels like it's just perfect. It doesn't push people into a world of the ride. They 
the time to build the world of the ride. Now, again, let us know via email or social media what you think, and we'll read your answers on a future episode. Our third installment has been a fan favorite since it opened in 2006, and I definitely don't think we could do this list without it. As a matter of fact, beforehand, I was thinking about just doing a list of myself of rides that I thought would be great, and now this isn't a ride that I ride more than once, but when I wrote it, I definitely saw the deep, deep attraction to the ride that people have and the kind of really cool storytelling that they've developed. Expedition Everest Legend of Forbidden Mountain just lends itself to the cinematic treatment. I mean, exploring a forbidden place while being stalked by a mysterious force just seems like an action adventure that Jeffrey Katzenberg himself dreamed about doing while he ran Disney Studios. Set in the quiet village of Sir Zong, our ragtag team of explorers sit down and begin their journey. But something is wrong the whole time, and their journey leads to the moment where they come face to face with the much more active and dangerous Yeti than the one that we have in Florida. With a high-speed chase that I think should end in an avalanche, and them being cut off completely from Sir Zong, they must give up and go home. Or do they? You know, it's equal parts Jungle Cruise and Indiana Jones, and I don't know what they're looking for or what happens next, but it would be an awesome movie. Now, hear me out. It could also make a really interesting sequel to the Jungle Cruise movie that's coming out in May of 2020, which I have to say I'm really excited for. The trailer looks fantastic, and it looks like it's returning to the, the what made the first Pirates film work, the first three. Well, this is another one that could be broken down into six or eight episodes of Disney+, Plus, but I think it definitely does work, ultimately, as an adventure film structure. Okay, so our number two was heavily requested between all our platforms. And while I will say it is an attraction, it's also a 17-minute movie in a motion theater. But I think... We can do better than that. He came to save the world of music and light. Y'all, it's Captain EO. Now, this is one of my all-time favorite Disney attractions. And while this movie, which is 17 minutes, cost $30 million to make, I think with the change in technology, it would be easy and fun to expand the story. Now, many people will probably say, why bother because we can't have Michael Jackson? And while I see your point, because of his complicated legacy, but also his commitment to music, I'd say it's okay that he's not here to reprise the role. To me, Bruno Mars is a fantastic and dynamic performer that really embodies a lot of those special qualities that only MJ had. And I think he'd be a really fun Captain EO. Now, we could start at the beginning and tell the same story, expand upon it, or we could see a further adventure of Captain EO and his ragtag team, you know, as they're trying to clean up the damage that's been left across the universe by the Supreme Leader. Because there's, you know, that the Supreme Leader felt very Borg before the Borg in Star Trek. I'm looking at y'all. And, you know, it, it couldn't have been a one-off thing. That was just too much there. So I think it could be, you know, him going around trying to save the people who were under the Supreme Leader's thumb and what that means, even though the Supreme, the Supreme Leader herself is no longer evil. 
Or maybe it is working from that beginning and then moving out of that. Maybe stabbing the Supreme Leader is the first act, but there's actually a larger force. I don't know. You know, but it just combined action-adventure that Disney has really come to excel at. But also, like, Disney's always had a musical component, and Broadway is as popular now as it's ever been. And, hear me out, since Disney has Lin-Manuel Miranda and Bobby and Crystal Lopez, like, in their wheelhouse, why not have them combine forces and write this really amazing pop extravaganza score together? Keep those two original songs, three original songs from the first movie, but, like, Give us some, like, really cool sci-fi action, like, the Star Mites that's better than the Star Mites, or, you know, I just, I don't know. I love it. I think it'd be amazing. And in my opinion, no matter how you cut it, it's just an amazing choice, and it leans into the camp cheese of musical theater in the best kind of way, and I think it would be a crowning star for Disney. Okay, so you're probably sitting there and going, but where's mine? Where's mine? Maddie, what happened? So I'm going to give you all a bunch of honorable mentions. Five, approximately. These were ones that were almost there in the votes, or I didn't know quite how to fill time talking about them. So these are ones that I think could be crazy kooky cool, but maybe not work, or they just didn't have as many votes. But, you know... I want to give them to y'all because it's more to talk about, and talking about Disney is just fun, so here we go. So, Carousel of Progress got a lot of votes, and while I really love the idea, it kind of perplexes me. Would it be a travel through time? Would it be a travel against time? Would it be inventors? Would it be scientists? I don't know. Or do we just find that we follow one family through time? Now, again, I'm going to keep going back to it because Disney Plus is about to come out this week, um, this coming week, and I I think it's an opportunity for an educational show. If they actually maybe went through American history and talked about American history in a non-Disney-fied way, but maybe closer to what happened and, and kind of with discoveries and things, I don't know. It could be cool. Now, the next was Dinosaur Slash Extinction. Um which was an opening day attraction at Animal Kingdom, uh, was kind of pushed through by Michael Eisner because of the upcoming release of the dinosaur movie. And while the movie informs some of the things that happen in the ride, and not so much of the newest ride, no, you do go to get the dinosaur from the film. You want to save him. I love this idea of like jumping in and you have no idea that this ill-fated trip in a time rover is going to lend to you being there as the extinction of the dinosaurs happen. Um, it could be really fun. It could be a cool movie. It could be a super action adventure. And I love a dinosaur movie. So frankly, it could be really great. Now, Big Thunder Mountain was also quite a bit liked and was mentioned a lot. And there's even a really great Marvel comic from a few years ago that set up some really fantastic ideas. So obviously to me, Big Thunder Mountain just lends to it. And lastly, y'all, I mean, I, I really appreciate this because it was our first episode, but um, y'all feel real passionately about that Haunted Mansion movie. And honestly, that really, 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 really makes me happy. Um, I can't tell y'all how many uh, Haunted Mansion, but make it good that I got. Like, honestly, 
it blew every other thing out of the water. Like, I, it it cracked me up. So, like, I appreciate y'all. Uh <laughs> And it's in the works, so I'm not going to cover any more of it, but I agree with you. I love this, and I'm really, really hoping that the Toro version comes through. Now, I just want to thank a group on Facebook called Disney Movie Addicts. I think you all had more to say than anybody else, and I really appreciate how you've helped make this episode of the podcast today. Y'all should check them out. It's Disney Movie Addicts on Facebook. I'm sure you all can guess at this point what our number one option from social media was. It's Figment and Dreamfinder from the original Journey into Imagination. Now, based on the beloved ride that opened at Epcot on March 5th, 1983, we follow the Dreamfinder, who is a pleasant, red-bearded gentleman with a snazzy blue coat and a fun pattern vest, along with his imaginary friend Figment, who takes the form of a lavender and orange dragon aboard the Dreamfinder ship, the Dreammobile. Now, for many years, Figment wasn't super present in the park after the original version of the attraction closed and Dreamfinder was no longer a walk-around um, meet-and-greet character. And that made me really sad, and it made a lot of people sad. But then, a couple years ago, Figment started showing back up a bunch, and there's more merchandise. He's now featured on all of the art for almost all the festivals, and anytime there's new Epcot promo, Figment's there. And I can't tell you all how happy that makes me. You all can't see that I am surrounded by Figment merchandise on my desk right now because that is exactly how it should be. Now, a few years ago, Marvel did a Figment and then a Figment 2 comic run that kind of gives the origin of the Dreamfinder and how he cooked up Figment. Now, for this talk, we're, we're going to ignore both renovations that happened in the late 90s and then in the early 2000s, which is the current version of the ride. Now, I agree with you all that this would be a sensational choice, and I'm a big fan of Figment, and also a big fan of that, like, sexy Zaddy Dreamfinder that they made for the comics. He's a little bit younger, he's got a little bit thinner beard and mustache, and he's just real handsome. And there are infinite possibilities, in my opinion, of how you can tell the story or what story you're going to tell. This is also a property that I could see as a successful Disney Plus series, but also, so far, this is the first film that I think could be franchisable, which for Disney right now is really, really important and an option. Now, while looking up information on the meet and greet character a couple weeks ago while I was recording an episode uh, that used to just kind of roam around with a figment puppet, there's this one particularly great shot. And friends, he looked just like Kurt Russell. He had a smile, the deepness of the eyes with like the rich kindness, and like... Kurt Russell is such a deep, deep, rich Disney legacy, and and I just think that would just be really incredible casting, because um, I do like the idea of Dreamfinder being a little older and a little wiser and just being jolly. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love a super, like, super cute, saddie. Uh, Dreamfinder. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think there's something about the richness and, like, fullness of, like, the really jolly, red-nosed, red-cheeked character. Now, hear me out. This next casting might be a little controversial. But it's my show, not yours. <laughs> Figment has a really fun and unusual voice. And a really fun choice, I think, for casting would be Aquafina as Figment. She has this really fun middle-range timbre to her voice. It's a great patter. 
Uh, she's kind of played Scuttle in the live-action Little Mermaid, so Disney's got her under contract. I think it could be really fun. And I also see, like, Kurt Russell is funny but plays the straight man well. And so I think, you know, it'd be one of those things of, like, Figment constantly messing up. Could be just really fun for her. And I honestly think it could be a really use of motion capture. She's so animated and so vibrant as an actress that I just think it could be a really cool opportunity. Now, there are several ways to kind of take this plot. And my question for us is, is Dreamfinder a human? Is he a humanoid race like the Time Lords from Doctor Who or whatever Mary Poppins is? I mean, these are the things that aren't ultimately important, but I think Dreamfinder explores the universe to collect dreams and has to battle malevolent forces to get there. That's an obvious choice. Um, that's what happens in the comic. We could also go with the comic plot, which I won't spoil for you, but I do encourage you to pop over to wherever you buy comics and pick up the trade paperbacks of Figment and Figment 2. Now, I don't know, but like the right team and director has to be behind this and it could be breathtaking. I know he's a very busy dude, but maybe Taika Watiti? I don't know. Now, one of you out there cook up something good for us. And I know... We had one fan reach out that said he had an awesome script idea that was based around the newest version of the attraction. So for that, we're going to post that on our social media for you all to see. Now, that's it for today's episode, Dreamers. It's a little bit of a short episode, but I just wanted to give you a taste of kind of the fun things I want to talk about where we can then start interpolating the Disney parks and the other Disney properties because they inform a lot of, you know, things that are happening at Disney Studios and what was happening and why things happened at in the movie sector. Uh, so as always, thanks streamers. Don't forget to give us a five-star review, uh, rate and review us anywhere that you're listening to podcasts. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and our blog over at dolewhippendreamspod.com where you can also find show notes from every show. Now, next week, don't forget to join us back on the main show as we go under the sea and talk about the 1989 classic who's having a 30th anniversary that week with guest Ashley Griffin. Now may your days be filled with dull whip and dreams. <laughs>